Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. So welcome to Church Online. We want to welcome you today as well. Thank you for being here. Thank you for worshiping with us from the house there. And uh, we love you and we love that you're uh, engaged with us today as well. So thank you for being a part of the church. We're in a series called Flip This House. This is, I don't know, six or seven weeks in this series. And, and the whole idea of this series is about discussing about home improvements. We've all been doing different home improvements at our home. Uh, Annette and I just had our house painted and we were home to be able to watch all that piece of it. And, and But then also it's been an opportunity for us to improve different areas of our lives. I was talking to a gentleman out in the courtyard today, and he was saying, I, one of the things that the coronavirus did for me, it made me recognize that I have a lot more time than I really thought I had. Because all of a sudden, the sports things have been ripped away from our lives. All the different activities that we go into the movies have, is no longer there. There's a lot of things. Also, we find more time. And guess what? We can prioritize our lives in a better way that is more glorifying to God. So out of all this you know, different things that were, that's been happening in our lives. Let's take the opportunity and reprioritize, remodel those areas in our life that we need to change so that we can serve and glorify God even in a greater way. What we really want to do is we want to create an environment in our lives where we have the ability to worship God, where God hears us in a greater way than ever before because He is priority in our life. Remember, and this is sometimes we just forget this. And I remind you today, for each and every one of you, you are God's creation. Don't ever forget that truth. God created you. And because he created you, he wants to have relationship with you. He gave you a soul and a spirit, and he gave you a personality. He gave you all that because he wants to have relationship with you. And we should want to have relationship with God. Today is what Sunday? Come on, somebody. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And if you don't understand that terminology, it's really the celebration of the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, I want to celebrate that a little bit today as we're worshiping what Pentecost Sunday really means for you and for me. You see, if you read the Old Testament, in the Old Testament there was times where the Spirit of God would come down upon the nation of Israel and it would lead them. If you remember when they were in the desert, it was a pillar of fire by night and it was a, and it was a pillar of a cloud by day that would lead them, the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was not resting on every person. And, but when Jesus came... And when he ascended into heaven, after his resurrection, he came back on earth for a while. And then he ascended back into, uh, into heaven. His promise to his disciples that they would be given the gift of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean for you and for me? It means that no longer do we have to search for the presence of God. You can invite the presence of God in your life. And you have the Holy Spirit living in you that will lead you and that will guide you. It goes along with my message today really awesome because we're talking about remodeling the bedroom. We're talking about that area. I'm going to step into that here in just a minute about how this message, how the Pentecost Sunday matches this message so well. Pentecost is a celebration of God's power, the Holy Spirit living in us. Paul writes it this way 
in Romans 8 9. Why, Pastor Tom, you use so much scripture? Why do Because I don't like my words. I want to back my words up with the Bible. I don't want you to think I'm just saying something off the top of my head. I back it with the Bible. Romans 8 9, the Apostle Paul says, But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Amen. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. So Pentecost Sunday reminds us that we have the opportunity to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. And He can lead us and He can guide us. Uh, Today I want to venture into remodeling the bedroom. The bedroom for most of us is a place of rest. It's usually where we go when we go to to sleep at night. Maybe you venture off into the bedroom when you need rest. A bedroom, I'm looking at the bedroom as a place where we can relax, where we can sleep. And I was thinking about this crazy thought. Average person lives to be 75 to 80 years old. Some of you guys have outdone that. Praise God. Yes, keep going forward, man. Keep going after it. But the average person is 75 to 80 years old. And I was thinking about if you live to that average age, do you know that you will sleep 25 years of your life? Have you ever thought about that? That you sleep 25 years of your life. And so I started thinking about that process. And I know I get these crazy thoughts when I'm studying. I don't know why this happens, but I do. And I started to think about what would, what would have happened if God would have designed us in a way where instead of sleeping one-third of our day, all of a sudden we had the option of sleeping one-third of our life. What, what area of your life would you choose to sleep? This, is, this has nothing to do with my message. It's just a fun thought. What area of your life would you choose to, okay, I'm going to go to sleep at 50 and wake up at 75. So I'm going to miss those years. I'm going to go to sleep at 25 and wake up at 50. So I'll miss those years. Or, or maybe you want to skip the teenage years. I'm going to sleep at 10 and wake up at 35. It was just an idea of how much time. And I think God gave that rest and that sleep for us because he knew that we needed to re-energize. He didn't give it to us all in one time. He gave it to us each day. Because he knew that we needed rest. When God created the world, he worked hard for six days and he rested on the seventh day. We all need rest in our life. And that's what we're going to be talking about today as we remodel the bedroom of our life. Sleep is an interesting subject in the Bible. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 13 says, If you love sleep, you will end in poverty. Keep your eyes open and there will be plenty to eat. I kind of like sleep once in a while, you know, when I have a good night's sleep. But it says, if you love sleep, you'll end in poverty. Am I going to end in poverty? That's not what the scripture is saying. The scripture is really saying not to love sleep. It means do not become lazy or idle. We've all done this before where we don't want to deal with something in our life. And so what happens, we just have a tendency, you know, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm going to sleep it off. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and deal with it. That's okay if you end up dealing with that situation. But if you go to bed and one night turns into two nights and two nights turns into a week and a week turns into a month and a month turns into a year and you've never dealt with something, guess what? That's what this scripture is talking about is don't let sleep, don't let sleep be the priority of your life. God has given us rest so that we can wake up the next day and do the will of God. He's given us the ability to sleep so that we can all of a sudden be re-energized for the next day to fulfill the mission that God has called us in, his, in our lives. One of the things I've learned is this, and this is maybe a truth for some of you guys. I've learned that doing the difficult things 
Because I don't like to do difficult things. I don't know about you. I don't like those things. But doing the difficult things prepares you for greater things. It really does. It helps you to get, it makes you stronger. And sleep is not a, never designed as an escape. But sleep was designed to renew us so that we could have strength and energy to accomplish the plans of the next day. We all know that sleep is necessary, but sleep should never lead to laziness. In fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 12, it states, people who work hard sleep well. I love that. People who work hard sleep well. And as I was thinking about the subject of rest, I couldn't help think about the unrest that we're seeing in today's society right now. As we are here in church together in unity, we have people meeting in cities all around our nation in disunity. Where they, they're, they're, and you might want to say that they are in unity, but they're in unity for a bad cause in the sense of they're breaking, they're, they're damaging businesses, they're doing destruction. The original cause was a good cause. The original cause of protest was a good protest because what happened, the slaying of, uh, of the black man, their the, with that police officer, that was wrong. We're going to talk about that. But then the response to it, if it was just protest, that's great. But just to cause mayhem, just to cause destruction, that's wrong as well. I want to talk about that. There's unrest in our society today. I'm not sure what the cause of it is, except I do believe that the quarantine, and I'm not speaking against the quarantine, I'm just saying what is, what's happened is the quarantine has created a vacuum of loss. It's created a vacuum of loss in relationships and employment and businesses and in security and in our routine of life. What happened a few days ago to George, George Floyd in Minnesota is probably one of the saddest acts of violence I have seen in a long time. Just horrible. And then on the heels of that act was a young man, Ahmad Arbery, who was gunned down while jogging down the street. It's just a display of racism at its worst. And we, we all see this tremendous unrest in people and racism and hatred is being exposed in horrific ways. The unnecessary violence that we see down in the cities, it's all wrong. It's all sad. And the spirit of anger has crept into people's lives. And that's one of the things I want to talk about today is the spirit of anger. The spirit of unrest has crept into people's lives. And anger, realize this, anger is not a bad emotion. But uncontrolled anger is horrible. It's not good. And God has not given us a spirit of anger. He hasn't. Just like God has not given us a spirit of fear, he has not given us a spirit of anger. We know this in Scripture. Because uncontrolled anger or even uncontrolled fear will make you do crazy things. It drives people towards racism and hatred and intolerance. No matter how you want to mask it, since we're living in the world of masks, no matter how you want to mask it, it's not of God. The Apostle Paul writes these words. He says, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Now remember, the Holy Spirit lives in us. So do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, and this is where we need to lie. This is where we need to go. This is the place we need to rest. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ Jesus, has forgiven you. What a great reminder for each and every one of us today. 
The negative actions listed by Paul come from the spirit of the flesh and from the spirit of unrest. They're not of God because you know what? The spirit of God produces good fruit in our life, not this negative stuff that we're watching today. The spirit of God is what transforms our life. His spirit changes our heart from one of hate to one of love. We need to learn how to rest in his spirit and not in our own spirit. Currently, we have people in protest. We have cities in protest. We have churches in protest. We have government in protest. And what it does is it causes a lot of confusion and unrest in all of our spirits. And we cannot let that environment of unrest and that environment of confusion lead our lives. We have to rest like on Pentecost Sunday that this today is. We have to rest in understanding that we are being led by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to rest in God's spirit. We cannot let negative environment around us influence us towards violence, hatred, and anger. Pastor Tom, I'm not struggling with violence. I'm not struggling with hatred. I'm not struggling with anger, Pastor Tom. Why are you speaking this message? Okay, let me hit the hot topic of the day. Do I wear a mask? Or do I not? Do I like people who are wearing a mask? Why, does, why is someone trying to force me to wear a mask? Why is everybody wearing a mask? I see this all the time, and I see this unrest, and I'm not proposing masks is good or bad. I'm not, I'm not even going down that road. I'm just seeing how it affects people. It's, it's interesting how these decisions actually affect people and how they respond and their attitude they respond. The other, probably two or three weeks ago, I was in the, uh, I was in the store, and this lady is, is buying some groceries, and she's talking. I don't know what set her off. I didn't get to see that. But man, she just unloads on the cashier. And she is yelling at this cashier, just going to town on this cashier. And everybody in the grocery store can hear her and is looking. And they're actually walking down the aisles to see what's going on. And, And this lady has completely lost it. There was a spirit of unrest in her. She would she didn't have rest in her, and it went to anger in her spirit. Finally, the manager stepped up and said, Hey, I'm so sorry, but you, I'm going to have to ask you to leave right now. And if you don't leave, I'm, ha- I'm going to have to call the police. Because she was so out of control. It's the spirit of unrest in our lives at times when we let that happen. And sometimes maybe we don't do it in a physical way, but maybe in our mental way we're, we've already gone there. And Jesus says that's just as bad. He does. He says that. Brett was sharing with me several weeks ago, like six, right when we started the whole coronavirus, he was in a grocery store. Don't go to grocery stores right now, okay? They're crazy. But he was in the grocery store, and he said all of a sudden he saw this uh, gentleman probably in his 40s, and he's just yelling at this lady, older lady, and this older lady was trying to be helpful because remember that was back when they were limiting how much you could buy, and he was taking several loaves of bread, and it was a limit of two, and she says, oh, I just want to let you know that, you know what, you can only take, you can only buy two, and and all of a sudden he just went off on her, just mind your own business, started cussing at her, and and Brett was kind of waiting in the background to see if he was going to back off. And he wouldn't back off. And now he sees this older lady. She's starting to shake. She's starting to cry. And so Brett just stands up. And he gets into the, between her and this guy and says, you know, that's enough. You need to stop right now. He had completely lost control. This guy wanted to fight. He said, let's go. Let's take it out in the parking lot. That's what the guy said. Let's go. Let's, go. let's, get, let's get out there now. Brett said there was one of the employees at the grocery store, big guy. All of a sudden, he hops over the counter. He comes, yeah, let's do it. Come on. And he gets right beside Brett and, and starts going, yeah, we'll take it. And I'm going, where is this unrest coming from? Where is this spirit of anger coming from? 
And what happens is when we are not rested with the Spirit of God in our lives, that will start creeping up into our lives. You see, there is no exceptions to God's love. It doesn't say, well, the two greatest commandments when Jesus said it, love God and love others. Now do that on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Tuesday and Thursday, you can have off. doesn't say that. We're called to love every day of the week, 24-7. We're called to put on the spirit of love in our lives. And I just was pray, praying about this that in our country, and we need to pray about this, that there needs to be a spirit of rest in our country. And I did this last night, and I feel like we need to do it again today. I want to just take a moment and pray for a spirit of rest in our country. We have cities that are being torn apart right now. And, and, and it, there's just no reason for what's taking place. I'm all for protests for right things. I, I get it. And that protest was for a right thing. But now it's just turned into a mob that's tearing people's lives apart. And it's not right. And so will you guys with me just for a moment, will you agree with me in prayer? And I want you to pray with me that we just get a spirit of rest on our nation right now. So, Lord, we come to you today, and we've been all watching the news at night, and we've been seeing the different horrific acts, Lord God. It started with the whole, the whole act, Lord God, where a police officer, Lord, did, Lord, just did a crazy and horrific thing. And, God, I pray against this racism that's in people's hearts, Lord God, and their minds. I, I speak against that in Jesus' name. And, Lord God, now this unrest that, that has stirred in people's hearts, it's just almost like a ticking bomb that was just waiting to explode. And this is, all, this is what ignited the whole thing, God. I pray, Lord God, for police officers, for civilians, for those that are out in the streets right now for safety in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, that there will become a spirit of rest on the hearts and the lives of people right now. I pray, Lord God, instead of disunity, Lord God, we as a country will come back and be unified together, Lord God, to resolve issues, to resolve things that are wrong, but we do it in a way that is glorifying and honoring to you, Lord. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' wonderful name. Everyone said? Amen. The area of rest is an important area of our life, and many people need to take time and remodel that area of their room. When Moses became weary and tired of leading the Israelites, God reminded Moses these words. He says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Rest is found in God's presence. If you're not at rest with yourself, then your reactions in life can easily turn towards hatred, anger. Sin, it says in scripture, can easily entangle us. Easily. It doesn't say it's hard. It says sin will easily entangle us. So we have to protect ourselves from that. We are called to be loving in our actions. If our actions are not loving, then we're not modeling the love of Christ in our life. Jesus shares some beautiful words in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 11. For those struggling with the burdens of life, with the burdens of sin. Listen to these powerful words that Jesus shares. Chapter 11 of Matthew, if you brought your Bibles today. If you're watching us online, uh, please turn to Matthew chapter 11. This is the passage of Scripture we're going to study today. Verses 28 through 30. And then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. 
and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The first thing I want to share with you today, today the thought, is that, guess what? Rest is found by coming to Jesus. Rest is found by rest from sin, rest from the troubles of life, rest from guilt, rest from hurt. All that, when you need rest in your life, guess what? You need to go to Jesus. Look at the words of Jesus carefully. He begins with, come to me. He didn't say, go to your therapist. He didn't say, go to your spouse. He didn't say, go to your husband. Or or he didn't say, go to your pastor. What did Jesus say? All together. Come to me. Say it again. Come to me. Jesus is calling us to him. There's nothing wrong with going to other people to get advice or through difficulties of life. But many times what happens in our lives is that we leave Jesus out of the equation of our life. We go to everyone else first to try to resolve what, need, what needs to be resolved instead of going to Jesus first. And it says in the scripture, if you want rest, you need to come to me. You don't go to your spouse because guess what your spouse will do? She'll get on your side and she'll make you more unrestful. There's always a time with Annette, I love my wife, but there was times that she was, always, she was such a defender of me. If I went and told her about a problem, she'd stir me up even more. She wasn't meaning to, but it just happened. And I started finding out, I need to find my rest in Jesus Christ. And each and every one of us need to do that. It says, come to me. There's nothing that will ever happen in your life that Jesus can't touch, that Jesus can't deal with. In fact, it's interesting in this scripture, by Jesus saying, come to me, it kind of indicates that there's an absence, that they haven't come to Jesus yet. Come to me. He's calling us. He said, hey, Maybe you've left me out of the equation. Maybe you've forgotten about me. When you're going through difficult times, instead of doing those other things that you do, going to bed and sleeping it off and waiting until the next day to see if you're going to forget about it, why don't you come to me first? Because I'm the one, because, you know, sleep is great, but guess what? When you come into my presence, I can give you rest. Because you can go to sleep at night at times, but if something's weighing on you emotionally, you won't find rest. But when you go to Jesus and you ask Jesus to fill you with his spirit and, Lord, help me forgive. Help me to forget those things that are in my spirit right now. Heal me of that hurt. And all of a sudden, Jesus can perform the miracle that you cannot get anywhere else. I'm telling you the truth. Come to me. There should be no distance between you and Jesus. There's a key word in verse 28, which I love. It It says, carry, carry. This word can also be translated as toil, or in the English Standard Version, it translated as labor. It's the idea of a woman giving labor, or it's the idea of you're carrying a big burden. You're having to carry uh, something, and it's bringing you to a brink of exhaustion. And many times the worries of life, the burdens of life, I'm not talking about the physical things. I'm talking about the emotional things, the mental things. Sometimes those things can be outweigh in, in areas. It could be, sometimes it's harder to deal with those things of, your, of the mind, they weigh heavier than carrying a load of bricks in a wheelbarrow. Do you know what I'm saying? You can work physically hard all day long, but when you, something's weighing on your mind emotionally, you can become exhausted. The carrying of thoughts can be heavy in our lives. Mental, fa- mental fatigue can be way more draining at times than physical work. Jesus is talking to the people he's sharing in, in People 
He's in a crowd when he's talking about this scripture here. When he's saying these words, come to me and I'll give you rest. He's in the midst of people. And he's looking out into the crowd and he's recognizing that there's a heaviness on people. There's a burden on people. They're coming to a breaking point. He's wanting the people to recognize that he can give them rest. Jesus was surrounded by people who were emotionally worn out. Think about this. They were worn out from the slavery of sin. We deal with that at times in our lives. They were worn out from the burden of religion. Man, back with those days in the Pharisees, they had so many rules, regulations, so much religion that they were being worn out. They, the weight of poverty during Jesus' time, there was extreme poverty and people were worn out just trying to find food for the day. And then on, on top of that, they had the tyranny of, Rome, of the Roman Empire upon them. And Jesus is sharing with them He's coming onto the scene because, see, the Jewish people knew they were waiting for a Savior. They've been waiting for hundreds of years for a Savior. Now Jesus has arrived. I want you to catch the picture as Jesus is saying there. And he's seeing all these people, some who are living in poverty, wondering how they're going to eat for the day. A leper maybe that is hiding out in the back because he knows he can't be seen. Maybe someone that is over there and there's, there's a divorce situation and she knows she's going to be left in poverty. Maybe someone is just like the woman at the well who has struggled with sin and it just, it's weighed upon her. And Jesus is standing in the middle of the crowd and he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Today you might be struggling with all the cares and the burdens of the world and Jesus is saying those same words to you. Maybe you're online today and you're sitting at your home and you're living in fear right now. Not that you have to be here, but just in your own ways that you're in. You're really struggling with it. And maybe you're here today and you're trying to break that fear off your life. You're struggling with fear or whatever it might be in your life. Guess what? Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy, carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Spending time in the presence of Jesus will help relieve the unrest that you are facing. Another important truth that we learn from this passage of Scripture is that rest is found by yoking up with Jesus. I know that sounds like a weird terminology, but that's what Jesus said. He says, my yoke is light. He said, come to me. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. A yoke is an instrument made out of wood that would help distribute the weight of what you're pulling or carrying. Many times it was put, put on oxen, and a double yoke would allow two oxen to share the burden of the weight. Instead of having you know, all the weight on one, it would let, distribute the weight onto two. And when Jesus is saying this, he's inviting the crowd to come under his yoke, to walk beside him. Hey, don't do life alone. And Jesus is telling us today, you don't need to do life alone. Come into my presence. Guess what? Come under my yoke. I'll give you rest. Walk beside me. Jesus is saying, let me teach you. I can do the heavy lifting when you're tired, but you have to be willing to come under my yoke. What is Jesus' yoke? What is that? What does that mean, Pastor Tom? It's the yoke of obedience. That's what the yoke is all about. It's obey, obeying the Father's will. Remember, what did Jesus say when he was on this earth? I came to do my Father's will. And so when we come under the yoke of Jesus, basically we're coming under the obedience of Christ in our lives. When we choose to follow Jesus, we are choosing to allow Jesus to enter into every area of our life. Not just the public areas. 
We're inviting Jesus to enter into those quarantine areas of our life, those areas that have been walled off, the areas of isolation. We are choosing to put every area of our life under his authority. Jesus wants all of you. He doesn't want just a part of you. And that's really important to understand because so many times when we come to Jesus, we give him this part. Here, here you go, Jesus. I'll give you this, and I'll give you this. This is for me. Sorry. This is mine. It doesn't work with Jesus. He wants all. Because he knows that if he has all, he can transform your life with his presence. In our subject of rest today, I share with you that rest is found when we choose to surrender completely to him. The yoke is understanding that you are in the center of God's will. There is rest knowing that you are not doing life alone. Here's what we all know, and this, I think we all know this. You're going to be yoked to something. You're either going to be yoked to fear or to faith. You're going to either, you're, maybe you're yoked to money. You just have this love of money. Or maybe you're yoked to your job. But you're going to be tied to something. Spiritually, spiritually, we are either going to be yoked to sin or we're going to be yoked to the grace of Jesus Christ. Those are our two choices and those are the only two choices that we have. Jesus is telling the crowd, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. When two oxen were yoked together, they would choose, and this is an interesting thought, they would choose an older ox a more seasoned ox to be linked with a younger ox. It provided a time of training and teaching for that younger ox how to walk in unison together, how to pull together, how to go in direction together. The Heavenly Father has given us His Holy Spirit so that all of a sudden that we become yoked together with Christ and we can walk together with Christ and Jesus can teach you. And all of a sudden when you want to say those words that are about ready to come out of your mouth and the Holy Spirit all of a sudden shuts you down and says, don't say that, you're going to be sorry. That Jesus, his spirit teaching you just to hold back. All of a sudden when you're fearful to go out and invite someone to church, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts to push you and says, no, no, no. That person needs Jesus. They need a change in their lives. Why are you not going out there? Come on. I'm pushing you, Tom. I'm pushing you, Tom, to take the step of faith and invite someone to come to church or invite someone to know Jesus because their life needs to be changed. Because the Holy Spirit all of a sudden we become yoked up with Jesus as we continue to have the Holy Spirit in our life leading us and guiding us. Discipleship is really the willingness to be led by Jesus. I'll say it one more time. Discipleship is really the willingness to be led by Jesus. The burdens of life will lift as we continue to put our trust in him. Another thought that I was thinking as we, I was studying for this message, as two oxen are yoked together, I was reading this in a commentary and it says that the more experienced ox will naturally carry the heavier part of the load because he knows the direction, he knows the leading of the way. And so he naturally carries a heavier part of the load. And this is why Jesus states his yoke is easy and his burden is light because all of a sudden it's no longer on us. Guess what? Jesus says, I'm willing to take the heavier load. I will start carrying. Just walk with me. Just walk with me. See, Jesus has already broken the burden of sin. He's already taken the cross 
and died on the cross for our sins and was resurrected on the third day, guess what? He's already carried the burden. He already broke the back of sin. All we have to do is saddle up with Jesus, get yoked along with Jesus by his Holy Spirit, and walk with him and watch the transformation take place in your life. The last thought I want to share with you today is rest is found in his humility. And you find that in that scripture. Through the years, the Jewish people had known much of slavery and bondage. They had also experienced the burden of religion. They understood the tyranny and the oppression that Rome put on their lives and the stress that that brought. Jesus is bringing a new leadership. They had never seen this type of leadership. All they've seen is a heavy-handed type of leadership. And Jesus is bringing a, a leadership that is not judgmental, but it's encouraging and it's life-giving. Meekness is not being heavy-handed. It's choosing to lead with gentleness and choosing to lead with kindness. Jesus is not trying to enslave people. What Jesus is trying to do is to set people free. What Jesus is trying to do today is to set people free because people are enslaved with anger. People are enslaved with fear. People are enslaved with all kinds of crazy things. And Jesus wants to set people free from that and they, that they can find rest in him. This is such a simple truth, but it's so powerful. Rest is found in discovering that God is for you and not against you. So many times people think that God is against them. God's not against you. He's for you. And there's tremendous rest when you know the almighty God is for you and wants you to accomplish the mission that he has for your life. Building a room of rest in your life is building a room around the presence of God. That's a key takeaway that I want you to have for your life today. If you want to build a room of rest in your life, then you've got to build a room that is around the presence of God. That's what's going to give you rest. It's choosing to trust God's spirit over your own spirit. It's choosing to obey God's commands. Ooh, I'm going to step on some toes right now. It's choosing to obey God's commands over your own feelings. Oh, that's a tough one. You know how many times that I've had a feeling and I want to act upon that feeling? I'm on Facebook or I'm on Twitter and I'm just about ready to blast someone. I'm just ready to roll, man. I'm ready to go. Or I'm ready in my car to go chase someone down and tell them what I really think of them. Your pastor. Isn't that wonderful? But you know what? I think you'd rather have a pastor that deals with real life situations that I have to work that that the Holy Spirit keeps on having to work in me. I want a congregation that is real, that's authentic, that guess what? The Holy Spirit has to continue to work on us and we need to find the humility in Christ. It's choosing to obey God's commands over our own feelings. That's what we need to have in our lives. As followers of Jesus, we should put on that same meekness and that same humility that Christ had when he came to this earth. And instead of leading with heavy handedness, he led with kindness and love and gentleness. That's what we need to have. The Apostle Paul writes these words in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. That's a tough one to follow, to value others above myself. But that's what God is calling us to do. Paul understood this so well. Paul understood what Jesus was willing to do for all people. 
You see, sometimes we forget that the Apostle Paul was, before he was the Apostle Paul, he was the Saul of Tarsus. He had a radical conversion with Jesus. But see, Saul was a, a person whose parents were Roman citizens who lived in Jerusalem. They had means because the Apostle Paul or Saul had studied the Hebrew Scripture under one of the great teachers of the law. Paul gave up his opportunity to become a prominent rabbi so that he could become a slave for Jesus Christ. It's important to realize this is so true. You can have all the knowledge of the world, but if you don't have the presence of God, you have nothing. You can gain all the knowledge and understanding of the world that the world offers, but if you don't have the presence of Jesus Christ in your life, you have nothing. See, Paul had everything. He was well-studied. He was well-learned. He was probably considered one of the most intelligent people of the time. But guess what? He was filled with anger. He was filled with hatred. He was filled with dividing. He was going out and persecuting the Christians. And Jesus had to stop him in his tracks on, his, on the road to Damascus, a bright light. Jesus came down and said, Paul, why do you? He said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? That's what he said. All of a sudden, Saul had a radical conversion at that point in his life. And the Saul that was intelligent and all those things that he had, guess what? All that disappeared. He became the Apostle Paul, a slave for Jesus Christ because he recognized the presence of God in his life that was transforming him from an old life into a new life. And Paul was not sad about that. He said, everything that I have now is all but Christ. Everything else is lost. The only thing that really matters now in my life is Jesus Christ. But you see, the thing that Paul was following was Jesus. And Jesus was the one who led the way. Because Jesus gave up the safety and the luxury of heaven to become the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus, the Son of God, came from earth to earth to be the sacrifice for our sins. The Apostle Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that in his poverty he could make you rich. Rest is found in knowing that we serve a God who cares, a God who is willing to sacrifice all, everything, so that we can be made right before Him. He didn't leave us in our sin. He loves us too much. He set us free from our sin if we step out in faith and choose to follow Him. I encourage you today, if you're dealing with restlessness in your life, if you're dealing with unrest that's leading you into dark areas, I encourage you today, find rest in Jesus today. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is powerful. We thank you, Lord God, that your word, Scripture says, it will not return void. It changes us from the inside out. I pray today, Lord, that you will start changing us from the inside out. That you will transform us. That you will lead us. That you will guide us. If you're here today, and you might be struggling with something in your life. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's sin. That you're just struggling with sin. Every head bowed, eyes closed for just a moment. Maybe you don't know Christ. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I don't know what the struggles is. Only you know. It might be that area of, that you've quarantined in your life where it's in isolation. You haven't even let Jesus, although Jesus knows how foolish we are to think that Jesus doesn't know. He already knows. He just wants you to surrender it. But there's an area of your life that you're struggling. 
I wanted to say a prayer with you today. Heads bowed for just a moment. Just raise your hands. Say, Pastor Tom, I need that prayer. I'm struggling with fear so bad right now. I'm struggling with just difficulties right now, Pastor Tom. I'm struggling with sin in my life right now that I'm just, I just got to break through this. I see a hand. I see a hand. I see a hand. Lord Jesus, you see the hands. And God, I pray right now that that fear be broken in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, the sin of struggle, the struggle of sin. Lord God, that all of a sudden your righteousness, Lord God, will lead the way. I pray, God, we will learn how to surrender more and more to you. So, Lord God, that we can walk in freedom with you. I pray for those who are maybe are, are struggling because of job loss. Lord God, provide a way in Jesus' name. Whatever the situation, Lord God, maybe struggle, someone needs healing in their life right now. Maybe you're at home right now and you're watching online and you just need a touch by God, of God for healing. In Jesus' name, I ask, Lord God, you provide healing. But most important, God, I pray today for those who, Lord God, are struggling with unrest, that you will give rest in their lives. We ask it, Lord. Thank you for being our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. God good? Amen. All the time, God is good. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast. Because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.